Well, this is Craig, and I am so glad to be back. I missed last week. I so sorry. I know some people. Uh, well, at least one. <laughs> there probably were more, but one was uh, quite dismayed that I wasn't there. But we had our big Pride Festival. Well, a Pride event here in Laguna Beach. Uh, Laguna Beach Pride doesn't necessarily have a, a big Pride event this year. We're having a summer of Pride, so. It's kind of spread out, which is kind of nice, all over three months, June, July, August, and, oh, four months, and September. So, yeah, so this last um, Friday was a great little reception at Harley's in downtown Laguna Beach. Thank you, Greg. We really appreciate it. Greg's the owner and the chef, I think, all wrapped in one. And Brett, his general manager, that was a fabulous event, uh, mostly outdoors on the patio at uh, the, well, the newly raised patio by the city of Laguna Beach. Those are so nice to have those. It's like you're, you're outdoors, you're alive, you're, you're in the moment uh, on some level. So I want to thank uh, Greg for, uh, for that. And then uh, we went to the promenade on Saturday all day, starting about, uh, well, we got there at 10, but we were there till 10 at night. And uh, lots of people were there. I said uh, the mayor stopped by, said hello to Bob Whalen. And uh, I said, you know, we love the promenade. I hope it stays. And he says, I guess the city is uh, is looking closely at that and um, looking at some studies as what the expense would be to keep the promenade, the promenade, which, uh, you know, I it to me, if it would be wonderful if the like, city of Laguna Beach was known for patio cafes, like, the Chandelier in, in Paris. Uh, I just, it, it, to me, it's so much nice, so nice. And, and, and in Laguna Beach, like today, coming in 65 degrees, the high is going to be 73. We are so blessed here in Southern California. I, I just, I, I, I can't go on. And with that, that's, uh, then we had, oh, I should finish the Laguna Beach Pride event. Then on Sunday, we had, drag bingo with Endora at the Royal Hawaiian and it was packed and it was a, a, a robust, <laughs> a robust event. It's our third annual uh, uh, event we've had where, and it sold out early, sold out two weeks ahead of the event. So we, uh, Laguna Beach Pride may have to do a little bit more with that. Uh, if you're not familiar with Laguna Beach Pride, it's a 501c3. What's that mean? Well, it means it's a nonprofit legitimate business that has a board of directors and and any donations that are given to the organization are tax deductible, which is all very nice. And it's a lot of work to get there, but they're there and they're busy working to bring commerce and business to Laguna Beach year round, not just once a year. That's why they're 365, in case you didn't know. So the weather, you know, we all want to know what the weather is because some days that's all we really want to know. So it says cloudy early with peaks of Peaks, P-E-E-K-S, of sunshine expected late. High of 73 winds uh, west to southwest at 5 to 10 miles an hour. 77% humidity. Mm -mm -mm. Sunsets at 8.05 p.m. So um, let's see what the week is going to bring us. Because, you know, I lived in Portland, Oregon five years, and I know a lot of people up there, and they are suffering. And you would think Portland, Oregon, North, that you know, what, three states norther? Or, well, almost three states. It's <laughs> almost in Washington. Um, north of uh, where we are, and they're, they're suffering with 105, 107 degrees. Oh, my goodness. But this week, Monday, 71, Tuesday, 73, Wednesday, 74, Thursday, 74, Friday, a whopping 76, oh, Saturday, 76, and Sunday, 75. And most all those days are sunny. One or two, one of them is uh, partly cloudy. Two, so, good. so again, thank our lucky stars that we're here in Southern California. It's just a beautiful, a beautiful weather place to be right now at the moment. We don't have hurricanes. Um, only thing we worry about are fires and earthquakes, but that aside, <laughs> that, that's not much, right? <laughs> I want to thank our sponsor, Mike Johnson, again. Uh, he was actually out of Compass Realty. He was out on uh, Saturday. It was nice to see him um, uh, during our big event. And like I said, Bob Whalen, the, the mayor, was there, and we had a nice little visit. 
So I appreciate the support of the, uh, and particularly uh, Visit Laguna has been really very supportive of Laguna Beach Pride, and we dearly appreciate that. So with the Chamber of Commerce and the city and Visit Laguna, how can we lose, you know? <laughs> how can we not make this happen? So, and then uh, we are working on a new location, perhaps for a um, gathering spot on a regular basis. So. We'll keep you posted on that. I don't want to let too many cats out of the bag on that one because they're so difficult to get back in that bag <laughs> if you need to later. So I, I digress. Yeah, that's the truth. So um, so let's see. What else? That's the new. That's uh, the Laguna Beach Pride. Oh, ooh, and I shouldn't say. I've got to say this. It's a family affair coming up on the 10th. That is next weekend on Saturday. We were trying something new with Laguna Beach Pride. We're going to do um, a picnic. And, you know, they're so simple and they're so fun and you're outdoors. So it started as a picnic and now it's a full day of health and wellness family style. And we're so excited to do that. Um, what it starts out, um, Sunset Paddle, which is a local uh, business that's uh, run by females. Imagine that, a female in business. <laughs> Not to be sexist, anything. That's the last thing I want to be. Uh, anyway, they have stand up and paddle. And they have, uh, if you, the, the plan is on, we're, well, well, first of all, we're going to start with um, the art of fitness. So that would start at 8, at um, 10 a.m. on Saturday. And it's a spin it's what they call spin. I, I didn't know what it was a new term to me. I guess I'm not very fit. <laughs> yes, yes, Fran, you're not very fit. <laughs> anyway, so spin, there's a spin session that goes for an hour. And then there's a yoga session after that, that goes for another hour. And so that brings you up to 11 o'clock. And then they're going to celebrate with some mimosas at their facility. I mean, brings you up to noon. Each session is an hour. And you need to make your reservations uh, online. So let me just say it right now. All the information, all the information you need to know is at lagunabeachpride.org on online and go to upcoming events. It's all there in, in great detail. I know because I put it there. Okay. <laughs> I, and if there's any mistakes, I didn't do it. <laughs> no, it's so that's that's the morning. Then in the afternoon, we have a sunset paddle, and that is stand-up paddle. And they, you, you can make reservations and rent a paddleboard if you want, or bring your paddleboard, or um, bring your kayak if you want to. They don't have kayaks to rent, but they do have stand-up paddleboards to rent. And if you need a paddleboard, then they can uh, set it up. So where is it? It's at Heisler Park, of course. Our Fisherman's Cove is where we they set off and they set off about five, gather at 530, set off about six and paddle for an hour and come back. And what do you do after you're paddling? You're kind of, you're kind of winded out. Uh, you have a picnic. So at six o'clock, uh, I mean, at seven o'clock, we will have a picnic and uh, a few fun and games and whatnot. And then we'll, the picnic will last until the sunset. I I just think that's wonderful. I, I, I love watching the sunset. I love having friends around after a, after an hour out on the ocean and, in, and uh, engaged in the environment. Wow. <laughs> so that's what we're doing, and it's coming up this Saturday. So it's a week from today. I will be busy, 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 and um, we'll be putting it on starting at 10 a.m. And we won't end until about 8.30 with all the activities going on. And it's called a uh, health and wellness, uh, a day of health and wellness. The wellness is meeting your friends as well and some and some good mental health in the process. Uh, I, you know, I, I have to say this last weekend um, with uh, Laguna Beach Pride and the events we had, it was so nice to see so many people and so many people hugging and saying, oh, I haven't said, I mean, some are saying I lost all my social skills for a year. I'm, I'm having trouble. Well, don't worry. Everyone's lost their social skills, but they still seem to be hugging a lot. And then we had um, mother hugs, which was as an organization in, of, of mothers that showed up and just give free hugs and take pictures if you want and whatnot. So 
that was fun mother hugs and uh it was just a really fun time out on the promenade in the in the middle of the day with rainbows everywhere balloons rainbows and Endora was there and oh about four other um female impersonators just to kind of spice things up you got to spice things up a little bit and that lasted all day so we're gonna we have more events so uh, coming up too uh, we're gonna have a day at the beach which is uh west street beach is going to be in august and in september we're going to have a white party which is clothing white i just want to be clear with that wear your favorite white costume uh no innuendo no uh connotation there it's uh it's it's something that started years ago they called uh, Jeffrey Sanker used to do it and they call them white party. So everyone gets their best tan on and some people are naturally tan and they put their white out costumes on as, as my friend Lynn would say from the UK, her swimming costume. <laughs> oh, Lynn, I'm sorry if you're listening <laughs> and she does listen, but we don't wear costumes in to the beach. Well, there are a few, I will say, but primarily it's, you know, where's your speedo? <laughs> so uh, I found it. The British have some odd, um, some odd sayings, and I and I also have. Uh, I have to say that um, part of the news is about the imperialistic part of Great Britain that is long past. It's part of their history. Like the U.S. has a lot of history in itself too, particularly with Native Americans and and slavery and all those other things that are part of our history that everyone should know about. And so does the British Empire have a, a similar, um, I guess, similar historical significance in what's transpired in, in their history. So, and that being the, much of the puritanical attitudes that they, that they brought all around the world to all new cultures, particularly when it came to sex, and particularly when they decide to make it illegal and people for being gay could be thrown in jail. Shame on you, get the Great Britain. But now they're, they've come around quite a bit, I might add. <laughs> but as the news will show, they're not, there's no country that is completely, um, I don't know, uh, embracing of uh, perhaps gay people, gay, the LGBTQ culture. And for various reasons, but we won't go there right now. So anyway, I, I digress. I digress. Saturday market is today. As I always say, you should go up and get all your, your fresh vegetables. As a friend of mine would say, vegetables. No, we don't have vegetables. We have vegetables. <laughs> and uh, all sorts of food items and a few trinkets, decorative items and trinkets. And have a fun uh, dinner with friends because now, now you can get together and you don't have to wear a mask. You, and, and you can entertain uh, you could entertain at the beach. You could go to have a, you could have a picnic today. You could go have an afternoon picnic when the sun comes out about two or three this afternoon at the montage overlooking the fabulous Pacific ocean. So that's my advice. Go to Saturday market, live it up a little bit today. After all, you've been shut in for so long, invite your good friends, not just your friends, but your good friends <laughs> and have a, a great afternoon picnic. That's my word of the day. The news is going to be coming up in a minute, but first I'm going to play a um, a little musical interlude, and we'll be right back on the other side of that with On This Day in History. <laughs> so stay tuned. Well, if that didn't wake you up, nothing's going to wake you up this morning here in Laguna Beach, California, where we're, on, uh, we're about 65 degrees coming in the morning, and my car said 65 degrees. We're very blessed because by the afternoon, it'll be a sweltering 73. I don't know how we're okay. As, as some of my friends said, would you quit rubbing it in? Would you leave it alone? Okay. I, I, I just, I just have to, I just have to say that I'm glad I'm here. Okay. <laughs> so on this day in history, I, you know, I've, I've been really negligent. We haven't had this day in history in so long. And I love this day in history because I think, as if you've been watching the news even lately, history is getting more and more important, you know, and uh, what do you say that you don't, and some of it we don't want to repeat, you know, so we, it, it, the study of history is you know, invaluable, maybe save lives. 
you know, let's just make it taken a real simple term. An airplane goes into an airport and there's certain procedures that they take and they found out through a series of accidents and mishaps that the way you should handle the approach is in a certain manner. But you don't read the history books and you're new flying the plane. You go, oh, this is easy. I just zip right in. No, you need your history books. You need to understand what happened prior to you flying that plane that you may avoid it and you may not make the same mistakes, tragic often mistakes that some people don't want to read about. Anyway, that's my, that's my brilliant lesson for today. <laughs> Sorry, I go on too much, way too much, I know. Okay, July 3rd on this day in history, that is today. Tomorrow is the, what is it? How many days have we been, a, how many years have we been a country? 76 to, someone figure that out and let me know. <laughs> it was uh, 1776 and 1976 was our bicentennial, right? Anyway, 1975, the U.S. Civil Service Commission decides to consider applications by lesbians and gay men on a case-by-case -case basis. Previously, homosexuality was grounds for automatic disqualification. So you were not qualified. You could be disqualified to work for the U.S. Civil Service Commission in 1975. So they're going to take it case-by-case. -case. Mm, I don't like your dress. You, no, no, anyway. I digress again. 1976, actor James Daly, father uh, of actors uh, Tyne Daly and Timothy Daly, dies at the age of 59. His live-in lover, male model Randall G. Jones, files for palimony, a palimony suit, and the estate uh, against the estate after being evicted from uh, Daly's Marina Del Rey condominium by the family. So that made history that someone would share a... a uh, abode that um there I, I wish again i wish i knew the results of the of the, of the suit and in 1981 a rare cancer ooh, ooh, seen in 41 homosexuals is this is the first story the new york times about the mysterious disease that will later be named AIDS. The CDC initially refers to the disease as GRID, gay related immune deficiency syndrome Wow, that was 81. And we're still we're still in a battle with it, particularly in other countries um, that don't have the medical resources that we have here. Uh, okay, and July 4th. Da, 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 da. No, that's not the July. <laughs> God bless America, land that I love, stand beside her and guide her. So they'll probably um, kick me off Facebook with that tune, although I don't think that version is patented. In, 19, in 18, oh, 1855, Walt Whip, Whitman publishes the first edition of The Leaves of Grass. And in 1965, the Appendant, Independence Hall in Philadelphia, picketers began staging the first reminder day to call public attention to the lack of civil rights for LGBT people. LGBT people. The gatherings continue annually for five years, so until 1970. Well, you know, that's where the Liberty Bell is, the cracked Liberty Bell. Uh, so for five years, they worked hard to get the word out. Uh, and uh, up to 1969, the Daughters of Belitis and Medicine Society members picket Independence Hall in Philadelphia again. For the fifth and last time. Hmm. So 65 to 69. In 1970, the General Assembly of the uh, Unitarian Universalist Association becomes the first mainstream religious group in the U.S. to recognize publicly the existence of gay, lesbian, and bisexual clergy and uh, laity among its members and to demand an end to all discrimination against homosexuals. Wow, that's 1970. So I guess hanging out at the Independence Hall and, and speaking up did help. Because <laughs> a year later, in 1973, in Seattle, the lesbian a separatist group, later uh, the Georgians, or the Gorgons, I don't know if you want to, can't tell if that's an E. Uh, anyway, issues the Amazon analysis. 
a manifesto and handbook of lesbian separatism. The paper's nearly 100 mimeographed pages. You remember mimeographs machines? Oh my God. Are passed among lesbians across the country. Um, those youngsters out there, well, probably any, anyone born after, I don't know, 2010, no, after the year 2000, mimeograph machines were the early copy machines. And you had, uh, they were like a mini printing press and uh, they were very archaic anyway, and they smelled. <laughs> so moving on to July 5th, in 1889, um, Jean Cucoteau, a French painter, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, poet, actor, director, playwright, and partner of Jean Marassus is born. Two of his best-known films are the 1946 La Belle et la Bête, Beauty and the Beast, wow, and 1949's Orpheus. So now you know Jean Cacoteau a few years ago. Moving on to July 6th, here we go. In 1973, recent history, infuriated and disgusted by all these young punks who have been beating up gay men in San Francisco, a gay Pentecostal evangelist, the Reverend Ray Brochers, founds the so-called Lavender Panthers, a group of street vigilantes who patrol the city's gay meeting areas to ward off potential attacks from fag bashers. Shortly after their founding, the Panthers also began holding classes in self-defense skills for gay men. That's in 73. Um, I, well, I was around then, I have to admit, but um, I don't remember. I remember the Panthers. But I remember uh, San Francisco much more in the 80s. And so here we go. In 1981, a federal judge rules that in Houston, a Houston ordinance prohibiting men from cross-dressing is unconstitutional. No kidding. So you can't, they can't tell you what you can or cannot wear. In 1989, a New York court rules that the purpose of defining uh, rent control uh, regulations uh, a gay couple may be considered a family. Hmm. And that William Rubenstein may remain in the Manhattan apartment he and his late lover shared for 10 years. So that's pretty progressive. Of course, New York, 1989. So we appreciate that. In 1990, a Bay Area television reporter, Paul Wynn, dies of AIDS in San Francisco at the age of 47. Wynn had uh, chronicled the development of his disease and his feelings as he neared death in a weekly video diary that aired for nearly seven months on KGO, uh, the local ABC affiliate. This is the face of AIDS, he told viewers in a close-up of his gaunt face during the diary's premiere on January 11, 1990. Uh, in 2009, the District of Columbia recognizes same-sex marriage performed in other jurisdictions. So, because the DC is not a state, so they can do whatever they want. There are some advantages to not being the state, and there's very many disadvantages. So, moving on to July 7th, in 1979, Martina Navatarolova and Billie Jean King win the Women's Doubles Championship at Wimbledon. In 1986, the United States Supreme Court denies uh, certiorari. What is that? Certiorari. <clears throat> In the case of Baker versus Wade, thereby refusing to review a constitutional challenge to the sodomy law of Texas. Yeah, that. But later they realized they needed to pull that down. As I recall, became. It was determined to be unconstitutional, the sodomy laws in Texas. And so they, I don't I think it was just a couple of years ago that they did that. Anyway, I digress. Sorry, folks. 1987, Arizona gay activist Ed Buck begins a recall effort to have Arizona Governor Evan Meekum, known as for his fiercely anti-gay rhetoric, ousted from office. The Meekum pub, though Meekum publicly attacks the campaign, 
as the works of homosexual lobby, it turns out to have a huge support among Arizona's voters. So <clears throat> he blamed it on <laughs> that homosexual lobby. Well, you know, we have an agenda, right? I haven't seen this agenda. I've been around for many years. I'm still waiting to see the agenda, but the gay agenda, it's out there. <laughs> no, it's not. On July 8th, moving right along, in 1980, the Democratic Rules Committee states that it will not discriminate against homosexuals. At their national convention, August 11th through the 14th, the Democrats become the first political party to endorse a homosexual rights platform. And yes, I am a registered Democrat, at least for now. Yep. And I, and, you know, the station's not responsible for my comments. <laughs> I digress. In 20, 2010, the United States District Court Judge Joseph L. Turo rules in two separate cases that Section 3 of the Defense of Marriage Act is unconstitutional. DOMA. I just, that was so great. In Commonwealth and of Massachusetts versus United States Department of Health and Human Resources. Turo uh, says that the definition of marriage enacted by Congress for federal purposes violates the Tenth Amendment of the United States Constitution and encroaches upon the family entrenched providence of the state by treating some couples with Massachusetts marriage licenses different than others. In Gill versus Office of Personal Management brought by the gay and lesbian advocates uh, and defenders, he says that the law violates the equal protection of law guaranteed by due process the Due Process Clause of the Fifth Amendment of the United States Constitution, to which many people have pledged allegiance to, particularly our lawmakers in D.C., to which they have violated their oath to the Constitution. I think that everyone who violates their oath to the Constitution, which is part of their job, like their job description, you know, but we're a business. Hey, you know, we warned you three or four times that you're not following your job description. And, you know, I, I, we got to find someone who will, you know. So, so who is that person that has that conversation with the lawmakers? It's the voters. And it's the voters that'll say, hey, listen, you made this commitment and it, it didn't work out. And, you know, maybe you're, you'll be better off, um, I don't know, doing something else, like maybe selling cars or something. No disrespect to car salespeople. I have some dear friends are. But anyway, that was that was a cheap shot. I'm sorry. July 9th uh, on this day in history that takes us up to next Friday, which is a full week of this day in history. I'm, I managed to get through it. In 1969, the Medicine Society of New York invites activists to gather in Greenwich Village for the first gay power meeting. How about that? Is it a black power or white supremacist power, or any kind of power, there's gay power. In 1986, New Zealand repeals its laws prohibiting homosexual acts between consenting adults. Hmm, New Zealand, okay. And the last item, big drum roll. <laughs> yeah, on, on this day in history, in the year 2008, the United States Court of Appeals for the First Circuit in Thomas uh, Cook versus Robert Gates upholds the constitutionality of the U.S.'s military don't ask, don't tell policy that bans gays and lesbians from serving openly in the U.S. armed forces. Mm. Yeah, well, fortunately, I don't know if you've, I, I've not been in the military. Uh, my dad was in World War II, but I, and my older brother was, but I, um, I didn't have spurs. I didn't have bone spurs. I had pectus excavatum, actually. So I, I didn't qualify um, for uh, military service. And um, at that time, you, you would not be acceptable if you were gay. But, of course, many people ple pled that they were gay because they didn't want to serve. So that didn't work so well. But anyway, so uh, where am I going with all this? Um, so 
uh, I think the don't ask, don't tell, I can't, it's hard to fathom that it was upheld as uh, something reasonable by the courts. But as you know, uh, fortunately, the armed forces and the, um, our, what do they call it, the president's um, armed forces group, which is the Navy, the Army, um, the Marines, all of the various uh, entities of the armed forces hierarchy decided that it was okay. And I remember thinking, wow, I never thought I'd hear a general or a four-star general or someone say, you know, uh, essentially they were saying, this is a bunch of hooey. You're making it difficult for us because you're trying to make it difficult by saying we can't, can or cannot do it. It's not going to disrupt anything. It's been part of our culture for years. Get over it. Let's move on. We have more important things to worry about. And that was very heartwarming, actually. That's my, that's my spin on it. I mean, there were a few hardliners that felt that there should be no gays in the military. Uh, but by by saying there shouldn't be you and 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 threatening to remove them, you, you it becomes a security risk in in itself. The the rules that are designed to, that they said well that prevents a security risk, it actually creates more of a security risk. I think they determined, at least that's my opinion. <laughs> and you know I'm unanimous in that. <laughs> so we're gonna take a short music break, and I'll be back with news which which uh regular news okay Anyway, I I find I like to find some of the quirky news because I find it interesting. And this is one of those quirky moments, I think, that it's it's kind of payback too. It's kind of interesting. So uh in uh Europe, there's a country that's called um Hungary. And uh and there's also Germany. And as you know, football, which we call soccer. Uh, but football in the UK is really, or not in the UK, but in the in Europe is really super popular. You know, soccer as as we, and so Hungary has had in recent history has had some very ultra conservative, anti-gay, um, political people in office, and to the point where they had gay-free zones. So that they, they said, in this city, we don't have gays. Well, yeah, there's always one little voice in the corner because I'm the only gay in the village. But you can't. I'm sorry. We're, it's it's just because you don't see them doesn't mean. Well, anyway, I digress. So they're going to have a football game in Germany, and German doesn't. The Germany doesn't, which is pretty liberal. They, you know, in many ways, didn't like the attitude of the, of the Hungarys who are coming to play in, in Germany. So they decided that they would, they would just for the heck of it in the stadium, they'd turn all rainbow colored lights on during the game, <laughs> which I think is great. We're rainbow radio. Okay, folks, I love it. So 
so just to push the point back to Hungary, that exclusion and uh, and prejudice is not a, a value of Germany and Germany to speak up. I mean, how innocuous, rainbow colors, how, I, I don't know, I just think, what a way to do it. If the article goes, ahead of Germany's third Euro 2020, a group game against Hungary in Munich on Wednesday, city councillors in the Bavarian capital have put forward a motion to have the arena illuminated in rainbow colors. <laughs> Love it. Munich supports diversity, tolerance, and genuine equality in sport and in society, reads the joint motion from all six factions of the Munich's daily uh, city council. Addressed to Munich Mayor Dieter Reiter, Dieter Reiter, what a name, on the occasion of the match between Germany and Hungary, the council wishes to send a visible message of solidarity to the LGBTQ community in Hungary, which is suffering under the recent legislation passed by the Hungarian government. On June 15, the Hungarian parliament voted 157 to 1 in favor of new legislation which outlaws the sharing of information that is considered to promote homosexuality or non-binary gender identities among uh, under 18-year-olds. The law represents a new nader, a new nader in the disenfranchisement of lesbians, gays, bisexuals, transgender people in the latest of a series of measures over the years which constitute a systemic uh, restriction of the rule of law and basic, wow, there are things really, <laughs> freedoms in Hungary. Um, read the motion from the Munich councillors. It's also said the new Hungarian uh, law co uh, contravened the UE's uh, Charter of Fundamental Rights, uh, the European Union, that is, and the UN's Convention on Rights. So getting it, the European Union and the United Nations are all kind of on Hungary, which I love it. That's so great. On the rights of uh, the child, the jurisdiction of the European Court of Human Rights uh, and and the aims of the UE's uh, European Union's Commission strategy on LGBTQ equality. In this situation, soon after, so soon after the passing of this legislation, the German national team's fixture against Hungary offers a public platform on which to send the message that Munich stands for diverse and tolerant society, concluded the motion. Sport and football in particular also stands for these values. Wow. Good, good on you, Germany. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put them on my travel list, and I'm going to remove Hungary. I mean, really. <laughs> I, I'm kind of on that same thread. Carl Nassib. Is anyone familiar with Carl Nassib? Is the first active NFL player to come out as gay. The first active one. There's been NFL players that have come out, but it's usually uh, trying to be low risk. So it's, it's not during their it's when their career is kind of wrapping up, then they go, oh, by the way, I've been hanging out in the locker rooms. <laughs> well, they have, but not for those. No, I, no we won't go there. So uh, Carl, uh, Raiders defensive end, Carl Nassib, uh, came out in a personal Instagram post. That lots of people use Instagram to come in. Who would have thought? I mean, in my days, oh, I had a cassette tape. <laughs> I did. I made a cassette tape and my mother discovered it. Oh, I outed myself. It was an accident, but I, I don't know how many people uh, send a cassette tape to their mother or put, I didn't send it. It just wound up there, but it's an interesting story. I mean, I, I was having some dysfunction in my life and one of the therapists said, you know, Craig, uh, we're trying to wrangle with this. Sometimes you make a tape and uh, write a diary. That's what they said. And if you're hopeless and you don't know how to write a diary, there's books that um, will help you write a diary. And, and that can be very therapeutic. And I thought, hmm, well, maybe that's what I'll do. Well, it's a lot of work writing, you know. <laughs> so I thought, oh, I got a cassette recorder in the car. Now, if you don't know what a cassette recorder is, it's a real, mini reel-to-reel -reel tape player that you can record, you know, stuff on. It's like a flash drive, but old school. So, so I made this recording and I inadvertently left the playing device in my car 
And I left my car at my parents' house and I took off God knows where. Oh, back to Tahoe. I was living at Tahoe. So my mom called, I don't know, a month later. I listened to the tape. I'm going, what tape? I'm sorry, I shouldn't have listened to the tape. I thought, what tape? Anyway, I said very many personal things in that tape. And I'm going, oh my God, what did I talk about? But, you know, on one hand, it was the most honest and candid conversation that one could have with a parent. And I feel sorry for my mother because it was so blunt. It was so raw and it was so full of really where my head was at and uh, she felt bad. But, you know, through that, I think it, uh, the end result was it was a great thing. It, it, it turned out to be a really great thing. So I don't know if anyone has had that experience. There's a lot of them on YouTube about uh, dealing with uh, the pressures of being gay and, and your friends, friendships and relationships and how you approach that. Uh, and, and they're all very interesting, but I don't know of anyone who had a recording for their mother. <laughs> of course, um, then there was the issue of my dad that came later. But anyway, I go on. So Raiders defensive, um, he posted on his Instagram. He says, I've been meaning to do this for a while, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. The 28 year old added, I really have the best life. I've got the best family, friends and job a guy could ask for. I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know I'm really not doing this for attention. I just think that representation and visibility are so important. Nassib, who is by no means the first gay football player in the NFL, but he's the first openly gay active player in the league to play in a regular season. Michael Sam came out as gay following his successful college career before the night uh, the 2014 NFL draft, making him the first publicly gay player to be drafted in the NFL. However, Sam played only one, only during the preseason and a handful of others, which you got to wonder why, uh, and a handful of other players have come out after their professional careers had ended. So, you know, thank you, Carl, for stepping up, stepping up and being accounted for, or counted for, I guess. Um, yeah. Thank you, Carl. So now um, other news here. Let's switch gears and get right over to the Vatican. <laughs> Pope Francis has been so, I, I think this is my um, appraisal. Uh, Pope Francis has been pretty uh, down to earth, I feel, and uh, relating to, I don't know how else to say it, to the common people instead of the influential he's very he speaks very clearly and he you know he, he's come from poverty he understands poverty and he understands a lot of things that perhaps someone in the clergy who's never experienced it are not so understanding anyway he's been you know who am i to judge you know we're all god's children and has said many things that uh we've been the that's been interpreted to be fairly gay friendly well uh, the Vatican has started its op has stated its opposition to an Italian bill that would help protect LGBT people from discrimination in an unprecedented move. Archbishop Paul Gallagher, the Vatican's foreign minister, claimed that the proposed anti-discrimination law would breach the treaty between Italy and the Vatican that was signed almost a century ago. Who cares when it was signed? Think, oh, that's a good reason right there to bring it into question. Uh, uh, the Corinne Della Sera newspaper reported on Tuesday uh, of June 22nd, the proposed law dubbed the Zan law under uh, the politician and the LGBT rights activist who drafted it uh, would extend anti-discrimination protections to women, LGBT plus people and those with disabilities. It passed through the lower house in November 2020, but is stalled in the Senate. The bill would also punish those who deliberately target LGBT plus people because of their identities. The Vatican has objected to this law because it would also require Catholic schools in Italy to mark a day dedicated to fighting homophobia and transphobia, according to the Associated Press. Well, that's a really good reason to disqualify, to be against it. Yeah. Because, um, 
they want. Uh, Gallagher said is had to made the argument in the letter to the Italian ambassador in uh, to the Holy See S E E last week. Hmm. Well, doesn't that just bite it? I swear. <laughs> Oh, I'm running out of time here, and I have so many good news. Let's see if I have anything a little quirky again. Um, oh, now we're back to the Polish. Poland's education minister said Wednesday, a march held in support of equal rights for LGBT people was an insult to public morality and questioned whether participants were normal, prompting angry protests from the opposition. I hope so. Thousands joined last Saturday's march through central Warsaw uh, to call for the end of discrimination against lesbians, gays, bisexual, and transgender people amid what campaigners say was an increasingly hostile atmosphere as politicians and the Roman Catholic clergy attack what they call LGBT ideology. You've seen the pictures of the so-called equality parade, and that has nothing to do with equality, they said. said on the on the state-run news channel, TVP, they said, uh, you saw people dressed bizarringly, a man dressed as a woman, and they are normal people in your opinion? Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and now, if you haven't seen this, there is a great video. I think it's a good, a good uh segue here there's a great video on youtube and it and it's um there's this young man who is uh graduating from high school he's 18 and he's giving uh um from eastern regional high school for Voorhees in new jersey uh well let me just read it bryce dresham was sharing his turbulent experience of coming out at eastern regional high school in Voorhees, New Jersey. I hope I'm saying that right. When his microphone was muted, you watch it and he's talking all of a sudden they mute it. Wearing a pride flag draped around his graduation robe, Dershim congratulated his classmates for successfully making their way through school before speaking about his own journey. For so long, I believe gradu graduation was something was simply something that happened. I didn't realize how wrong I was until it almost didn't happen for me. Dershim said, we brand high school as four years of self-discovery, but few of us even know where to begin. After I came out as a queer in the freshman year, I felt so alone. I didn't know who to turn to for support. At that point, his microphone was switched off. Video footage of the incident shows the school principal walking to the platform, taking his microphone, and the sheet of paper uh, his speech was written on. <clears throat> so I can tell you that there was an angry crowd, and people were not happy, and they did, uh, not the principal, but the school board told him they had to turn, someone there told them they had to turn the microphone back on. So they did. And I'm going to get all emotional here, but this 18-year-old, so brave to get up there in front of his classmates, so brave to speak his mind about his feelings, just, just tore my heart apart. And what a wonderful young man. What a wonderful thing to do for other kids that struggle. And he remembered his speech. He didn't have the it written down because they took it away from him, but he remembered what he wanted to say in complete order and he spoke it all. And when it was over, there was this outrageous cheering from all the students in the uh, graduation and uh, acknowledgement of how brave and how wonderful uh, his words were. Wow, what a moment. I mean, and, and kudos to him, good, good on him for having the courage to stand up there, particularly, <laughs> I don't know, in high school, it's, it can be very intimidating. It's a, a experience, you know, uh, you're not prepared. And there are, um, there's a lot of prejudice, at least uh, in my school, but it is getting better. And we need to hold our breath and hope that more young uh, students uh, like him uh, 
step up, step up to the microphone and speak clearly about their journey and how it's affected them and how important it is to accept oneself. Wow. This is a lot of stuff for Saturday morning. <laughs> anyway, accept yourself and go out and enjoy the day. It's going to be a sunny day at later this afternoon, and it's going to be a beautiful week. And don't forget, next Saturday, we have a whole day of events there uh, centered around Heisler Park and uh, the ocean, which I love, and a picnic with friends where you can hug and tell the stories of woe that went on in your life for the last year that you didn't have the opportunity to share with, with your friends. So invite your friends. If even if you just come and bring a friend and sit on the lawn and watch the festivities, you know, it's free. It's just, you know, you, you can't beat that. Bring a chair. There's no picnic tables where we are. There's no uh, uh, chairs or picnic tables, but bring a, uh, what I do is go to uh, a deli and get whatever I want, even at Subway and get whatever I want and uh, a beverage usually that's your own discretion on the beverage and grab my beach chair which is big and and comfortable and just go sit on the lawn there and watch the world go by which is not a bad thing you know so uh the next and final song I'm going to take you out on is you give what you get and give it up. And so uh, thanks for tuning in here. I will be back next. No, I probably won't be back, but I'll, I'll program music for you just like I'm here. Okay. For next Saturday. Thanks for tuning in on KXFM 104.7 Laguna Beach's only FM radio and rainbow radio here with Craig Cooley. Thank you so much. Love you all. Have a great um, day, a great, great week. And hopefully we'll see you overlooking the Pacific Ocean next Saturday. Wake up, kids, we've got a dreamer's disease. Edge 14, we got you down on your knees. Stop a lot, you're busy still saying please. Mercedes-Benz.